Welcome to St. Louis on the Air. I'm Don Marsh. This was supposed to be the year of the woman, but has also been the year of Me Too and a continuing glass ceiling. How well has 2018 worked for women in general and professional women in particular? We thought it was worth a look and have brought in three ladies with their pulse on women in the workplace and the business world. Christy Jackson is CEO of DK Solutions, which works with entrepreneurs and nonprofit partners. Amina Musa is co-founder and associate executive director of the Muslim Women's Professional Network St. Louis. Gabriela Ramirez Ariano is with the Hispanic Chamber of Commerce of Metropolitan St. Louis. Thank you all so much for being with us. I'd like to put the question to each of you, and I'll start with you, Amina, and we'll work across the table. Are women in the workplace better off than they were a year ago? I would say so. I think there have been some strides this year that we're seeing a lot of visibility um, and a lot of accomplishments of women are being celebrated, I think. And, um, you know, we have more women in Congress. We have more women executives and CEOs, and I think we're recognizing that. So as it becomes more recognized, I think we definitely have created a better environment for women in the workplace this year. Gabriella, what do you think? Yeah, I definitely think that um, it's empowered women to pursue political office. We saw more, more women come out during the last election and be heard, and that's great for overall business. We've seen a great number of uh, organizations and companies that are being started by women. There are more than 162,000 based on the last census just here in Missouri. Um, And I'm sure that those numbers are growing. Uh, Minority certification. Uh, Women are really seeing that there are opportunities for them by getting out there, by getting um, into the business and to the workforce. Christy, what do you say? I do agree. You know, I feel that women have been uh, providing um, amazing um, opportunities and performing amazingly through all of time. But I will say within the last year that there has been more uh, intentionality about supporting women in business and entrepreneurship um, and honoring the, the diverse um, needs of women, um, celebrating mothers in the workplace and uh, single parents in the workplace, women of color and really uh, drilling into the specific needs and providing more collaboration where we can come together and um, have spaces to really talk about those needs. Are they more now on equal ground with their male counterparts than they were a year or two ago? Well, you know, unfortunately, that is not the case. But uh, I say that we are making strides. Mm -hmm. We do know that uh, women, and especially women of color, um, entrepreneurs, um, are starting businesses at six times the national rate. And so um, women are making strides. Um, But again, you know, I go back to that thought about who gets out of the gate first, uh, who creates the systems. And um, I would say that our male counterparts are those that have traditionally have created those systems, and therefore um, they have more um, experience and history within those spaces. But women are catching up for sure. Gabriella, what do you think? Yeah, I definitely agree that there's still uh, definitely room for improvement and a lot that we could do. But especially here in St. Louis, I feel that we're making great strides in the last year. The collaboration amongst organizations has been increasingly visible and impactful, really, the, the difference that we're making. Small business majority, uh, Maximiliana Salas is the lead on that. 
did uh, a series of women's events for business owners with the treasurer's office. Um, and then we partnered with Christie's organization, yes. with Brazen on the Be Seen Brunch, with Mindy. Um, so, I mean, we're seeing a huge number of programming, like Christy said, that really addresses the true and specific needs of various needs of women because not everybody's the same. Some of us have kids. Some of us are younger, older. Um, but I think the collaboration is a big piece of the success that we've seen here in St. Louis. Amelia? Yes, definitely agreed. Um, so outside of my nonprofit work, I work in banking. I work in law. And I would hope, you know, moving forward to be able to see more women in those leadership positions within that field because I often am coming across men and working with men, but now I am seeing more of a movement where women are in those positions as well. And just here in St. Louis, as you guys were saying, there's so much collaboration and recognition. Um, a couple of weeks ago, I attended the YWCA Leadership Luncheon, which was amazing. It was hundreds and hundreds of people, nearly a thousand, who were there to celebrate women leaders in the workplace at all of the largest corporations and companies here in St. Louis. And I think just having that recognition is empowering for the region and for women in the workplace generally. You represent a Muslim organization. Do people who belong to your organization or of uh, who are Muslim, do they have a tougher road to hold? I'm thinking of today's political environment. Yes. Yeah, so there's definitely a lot of unique struggles that Muslim women face in the professional environment. You know, that could be those implicit biases that people maybe hold about their perception of Muslim women or um, the political climate, as you said, with some of the issues pertaining to immigration and those types of things. And there may just be other kind of specialized needs and unique needs of Muslim women. You know, we, whether it has to do with lifestyle differences, perhaps, or comfort zone or kind of other internal challenges that Muslim women may face, I, I think definitely there's a special kind of need there. Gabriella, I have to feel that you're probably experiencing the same sort of thing. Yeah, I would definitely say that I agree with what she said, and, and Christy uh, nailed it earlier when she said there are really more things that make us alike than, than are, they make us different. In our own differences, there are truly a lot of similarities, um, and we really strive at the Hispanic Chamber of Commerce um, to make sure that we take all that into consideration. Um, at our own organization, we have four women on staff and seven on the board. So we want to make sure that we're setting that example right off the bat. Working on the Balsa Foundation as well, they give out $1,000 grants to small business owners twice a year. We've had 68 grants awarded to uh, business businesses owned by women out of the 78 um, so, again, addressing those specific needs for the underrepresented communities has made a big difference. What are the things you have to take into consideration that you, you mentioned a moment ago? Well, I would say the culture, the language, um, maybe education level, even just not knowing how the typical American way of doing business is. And I don't even know that that's necessarily an ethnic thing. It could also be a socioeconomic or mm -hmm. an educational difference, that if you're just not brought up in that environment or that culture, you don't know that you need to do it in order to get forward. Um, I have people coming to me that say, you know, I, I try to do this and they just don't like me. It's not that they just don't like you. I think it's a, it's a, 
combination of they don't understand your needs and you don't understand what they're expecting you to do. So um, those are some of the things in the programming that we've tried to do with mentoring. Um, our Hispanic Working Women event that started a couple of years ago continues to grow, and we've now added a mentoring program because women are asking for help. They see that they need it, and that's a great part of the programs that we can offer. Christy, you want to weigh in? Absolutely. Um, you know, statistics, and this is this is absolutely true of our future, by 2045, the majority of the country will be minority. And so we have the opportunity to embrace inclusion. Um, minority individuals, us, we aren't going anywhere. And so it's absolutely necessary for us to understand how we need to expand our thinking about the traditions and the norms in business. Um, I'm reading a book called The Seven Kinds of Smart. And it talks about um, the interpersonal uh, strengths and intrapersonal strengths are uh, characteristics of successful entrepreneurs. But it also breaks down the cultural differences between the I culture, which is typically American, and the we culture, which is typical of minority cultures, where we are more uh, community-oriented. Um, we are more apt to collaborate. We understand that we are better together. And so um, trying to find uh, ways to bring together these uh, practices and norms um, across cultures is going to help us with inclusion. Um, it's about value validating both. It's not, you know, either or, it's both and. And so when we can understand that we are better together, I think that we will go further faster. I want to bring the audience into the conversation. If you have a question or comment you'd like to make about the subject matter, talking about women in business, if you will, give us a call at 382-8255. That's 382-TALK. Send us an email to talk at stlpublicradio.org or we'll take a tweet at STL on air. I mean, I want to come back to you because you have the, the awareness legal hat uh, today. <laughs> what, what sort of recourse do people, and particularly women, have if they run into problems in the workplace? So I do think there's kind of a difference based on how a woman asserts herself. There's a different perception as to how that's received, I think. You know, if a woman is asserting a point, then maybe she's being too bossy. You know, she's not um, collaborating well. And I, I think that women, I, you know, feel as though we kind of have to walk on shakier ground just to ensure we're being perceived right. And we have to think a lot about how people are going to interpret, you know, what we're saying, what we're doing. Whereas for men, I just think it's kind of understood. There's kind of an unspoken code for men, you know, when they communicate with each other um, versus kind of that communication gap, I think, when women are asserting themselves professionally. Mm -hmm. You mentioned implicit bias uh, mm -hmm. a little while ago. Uh, give me uh, your perspective on that and how that can be handled. Yeah. Um, in handling that, I, I, I do think that, and this is another challenge for all minorities, we kind of have to put ourselves out there more than anyone and put our best foot forward and be comfortable talking about things that are kind of personal, you know, to our culture, perhaps our religion, you know, our, our backgrounds. And it it is educational, I think, for those around us who maybe have never been exposed to that particular, you know, system of beliefs before or someone of that background, I think we have to really go that extra step and put ourselves out there so that people can learn to understand us um, and kind of over overcome those biases. Gabriella? Yeah, I definitely agree. I think also that a lot of us as women, we're afraid to ask. We're afraid to ask for more or ask for help. And um, I read a great book, actually, that Betsy Cohen recommended saying 
that really helped me understand that a lot of men don't question themselves when they ask someone for a raise or or whatnot. So I think that as women, in order to move forward and to be able to be professional and business owners, we do need to step outside of our traditional comfort zones um, and work together. I mean, for, for me specifically, my transition to St. Louis has been a huge endeavor, but I couldn't have done it without collaborating with people like Christy and Mindy from Brazen and a lot of the other organizations that are really here to, to feed each other. Hmm. Hey, Christy, what I'm hearing here, I'm reminded of the movie uh, uh, Broadcast News, I think it was years ago, where the anchorman said, I'm mad as hell and I'm not going to take it anymore. And I think probably a lot of women in business would think the same way, but am I wrong in thinking that it, it's difficult for women not only to say that, but to act act on it, if you follow me. Well, you know, I say that it really depends on the woman because mm-hmm. that has really been the catalyst for my work. And I have had to be strategic in how I channel that anger and that frustration um, by not uh, working to dismantle systems totally, but to infiltrate those systems, if you will, to be able to interject a unique perspective, um, to be open, to be courageous enough to share my perspective, my experience, and to um, be willing uh, to push back on um, those practices and strategies that are um, excluding us as opposed to, as opposed to including us. And so I really think that, you know, the, women have a spectrum of, of feelings and abilities and ways that we engage. And so, um, you know, I, I'm not afraid to be known as, you know, the B word. You know, I am a woman that is empowered and um, I am committed, committed to working in those spaces until we see an actual difference. When women come to you and want to get into the game, if you will, want to start a business or, 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 or join a firm, what are the first things you tell them? Sure. Well, you know, there is power in empowerment. We talk about the value of training and we talk about, uh, you know, the value of funding, but empowerment is the foundation. So we start with empowering entrepreneurs to understand who they are as individuals first and understand uh, the why behind the work that they're trying to do. And then as they clarify those goals, then we can uh, help them to see the strategies that they need to take to implement those goals. Um, and so it, it really does start for us with empowerment, with networking, with connections, with um, making sure that we are in it for the right reason, making sure that we are meeting the right people and making sure that we're showing up in the right spaces. And so really our work came from my husband and I, our personal experience in trying to navigate the entrepreneurial space in St. Louis. And so, you know, we have um, our DK Solutions started as an event planning company out of our home. And we had the opportunity to scale our business a bit and and add um, coaching and consulting. And in trying to navigate the traditional spaces, we realized that you know, there were not, we, we were a little different. And that our business focuses as a service Business was not necessarily the focus where funders really enjoy investing their money. Um, and so we had to create our own community. And um, we were 
learning along the way, but we said, you know what, there has to be other entrepreneurs out here that are experiencing the same thing. And so instead of us waiting until we figured it out totally, we said, come along with us. This is what we've learned along the way, piece by piece, piece, but we're going to come together and we're going to figure this out. And from those efforts, we have been able to collaborate and establish relationships with some amazing um, organizations and companies across this uh, St. Louis area. Gabriella, do the people that you work with have equal access to the kind of funding, venture capital, and that sort of thing that uh, other communities um, might have? I would say definitely not. There's still a lot of work to do. Women as a whole um, lack in that access to capital, um, but Hispanic-owned firms, I think, are even lower on that on that number just because of a lot of different reasons, whether it's knowing where to go, whether it's asking. Sometimes it's just being prepared. Um, we've been doing a lot of work around minority certification because that could also help a company. What, what does that mean, certification? So and when you certify with various organizations in the city and in the state, whether it's MoDOT by state or Lambert Airport, as a minority or as a woman or possibly both company, then there are set-aside money and federal money that could be available to you um, to do work on certain projects. So it's important not just to get the certification, but to have the ability to perform the work. And access to capital really hinders people in that respect because when you get a big contract, you may not get paid for 30, 60, 90 days. Mm-hmm. So that access to capital really helps you, whether it's with payroll or equipment or whatnot. So, I mean, again, I agree with what Christy was talking about. Really, we have to empower the business owner, but also give them the resources and the the connections to get what they're trying to achieve. One of those cultural differences when we were talking about earlier is networking. So that's a whole new ball game for a lot of people, including myself um, in the Hispanic Chamber, where we're just now really, some people have mastered it. And for a lot of us, including me, networking is just, it escapes me, but I now understand why it's so important. So I'm now trying to teach other people that as well. I mean, how, how do you do that? I mean, where, where do you start? Yeah, so I, I loved Christy's point because part of the reason we began our organization was the same thing. It was personal experience. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we felt like on networking, for example, we didn't have that built-in network coming up. You know, whether that be because we were first generation college students or, you know, based on our minority status. So I think that practicing kind of in a safer space. So in our organization, we hold receptions and networking receptions where women can mingle with each other. You know, and and for a lot of Muslim women, they prefer to do so without alcohol. That's something that Muslim women are sometimes uncomfortable with. So we make it comfortable in that way. Um, And they can kind of practice those skills and um, put themselves out there to realize that they, you know, have these skills then to go out and network in the larger community. We only have about about a minute left. what, what is the biggest challenge ahead in uh, 2019 for you? I mean, I'll start with you, but we're running short on time. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think for us, for, you know, me, is biggest challenge, I think, is continuing to see women role models in the positions I want to be in, because I think sometimes seeing is believing and, you know, it it can become discouraging at times when you're looking ahead and you just don't see it out there. But I think through networks and through organizations um, like everyone here today, I think we're able to kind of envision that and see it. And as a young professional, I think that will really help me. Gabriela, in 30 seconds, your challenge? Well, thank you so much for having me, first of all. But our challenge really is just being able to service more people. We want to help more people. So we're hoping that more uh, businesses and business owners will get interested and come and ask for us, get to know us at, at the Hispanic Chamber of Commerce.
We'll put contact information on our website, by the way, at stlpublicradio.org. You have, Christy, you have the final final word. Absolutely. I think that the biggest challenge is creating space for women to come together, to gather, to be empowered, and to be trained. And so we are making efforts. Uh, we have an amazing conference coming up uh, in 2019, the Crooked Room Conference. And this is a space that we have created to celebrate women of color and their experiences in inequitable spaces. So continuing to invest in opportunities and events events, such as uh, the Crooked Room Conference and other amazing events that are happening in St. Louis and programs. If you can leave information for us that we can put on our website, we'll do that, too. We'll do. We've got to end it right there, ladies. I want to thank you so much for being with us. Uh, Christy Jackson, CEO of DK Solutions, Amina Musa with the Muslim Professional Women's Professional Network, St. Louis, and Gabriela Ramirez-Ariano with the Hispanic Chamber of Commerce. Thank you all so much. Thank you. Congratulations on what you're doing, by the way. Keep it up. Thank you. Thank you. This is St. Louis on the Air on St. Louis Public Radio 90.7 KWMU.